At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This episode of Atlanta United FC Weekly is brought to you by RoughneckScarves.com. RoughneckScarves.com, our partners in all things scarves. USL. MLS. NCAA. U.S. Soccer. That's all of them. Not really, though. Could be yours truly. You listening? We hear you. We see you. You got friends, you got family, you got an MLS fantasy league that you're running right now, you got a group of people, you all want to have a call to arms, something you can all hold on to that unites you all together. You want to get a custom scarf made? I can't, I can't afford that, though. That's like $40, $30 a scarf. You're ridiculous. Prices starting as low as $7 a scarf. No, no. $7, that's a pub sub. <laughs> You're telling me I can skip my pub sub for the next month and I can buy a batch of scarves. So you can get a batch of scarves and a dedicated representative to help you work through the design and get you those scarves so that you, your friends, your family, hashtag scarves up, keep you nice and warm. Well, if this is like my first time buying a scarf online, I mean, is there any sort of discount I can get? Automatically take fifteen percent. Just wipe it off the all board. Right. Roughneck scarves. You could take my money. Take all of my money. Shut up and take my money. Roughneckscarves.com. And on to the show. It is April 29th, 2019. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. There it is. God, you got to stop with that eating and lip smacking and and cheek smacking and and all that. You're going to make people disappear. We got a lot of people in the trap waiting for us. Thank you guys for tuning in on this Monday evening. This is our Game of Thrones podcast. Yeah. I am Tim Herbert. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley. There it is. And we got Dan James back, back not quite in the flesh, in the digital flesh. Dan, how's it going tonight, man? Uh, it's digitally going well. How about and you? Kev, you're missing it. Kevin's uh, 
I'm pretty. Just what like proof is that, that bourbon? You just, just you just poured it on this brand new uh, stained table. Are you gonna? Little, hey, look, it's not as strong as uh, a wallflower, wallflower from what I hear. So we should be. You gonna okay. take the varnish off? Yeah, exactly. Thank you for watching on YouTube. If you guys are joining us live in the trap, we love you guys. If you guys um, are new to the show, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell icon. Make sure that you guys get notified whenever we go live, so you can tune in and uh, pretty much just. It's the best forum around, I think, the trap. Tune in, show out, show yeah. up. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, what, whatever you're listening to us on, thank you. Make sure if you can, leave us a rating and or a review on whatever platform you're on. We will read it live on the show. Nothing new this week, I don't think. Nope. Dan is joining us live from Al-Qaeda, which is nice. Uh, Al-Qaeda, also known as Kevin's Basement. Okay. Alpha Rada. Alfredo. No, Alfredo. Alfredo. Mm. Pizza by Alfredo or Alfredo's Pizza oh Kitchen? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, a good point, though, about the iTunes ratings. They changed it. Now it's yeah, called it's, Votes. Yeah, which they're they're only, no longer called ratings. It's which weird. furthers our ass assessment of what they really used them for, which is the standings and how shows get broadcast in the search results. So yeah. give us some votes. And OG Richard Gordon saying uh, he... he he put the or clicked the notification bell icon. If it weren't for that, he wouldn't have uh, he would have been joining us tonight. Thank you guys. All our normal faces. Um, yeah, Joe Johnstone. I think that's uh, that is correct. Dan's never here because he is in Witsack. It's true. <laughs> I, I am in what Woodsack? Witsack. Witsack Witness Protection Program. Oh, Wits. Okay, yeah. So I'm yeah. not I'm not uh, up to speed on all these American acronyms. Oh, sorry, Jolly O. It's from Scotland Yard in the M5 and the M6 and the MI5 and the MI6. No, MIA. MIA. Yeah. MIA. Um, I want to go ahead and get the housekeeping out of the way. Dan, you don't have the ratings pulled up, do you, for the, uh, or the rankings for the fantasy? Um, I, I was going to, I thought we were doing that in, I thought you were going to talk about something while I pull it up. Well, it's too late now. Tim's already pulled it up, so go for it. Damn it. Okay. Number one, we got Thought Marker, Michael German, German, Furman. Uh, it's German. We've already discussed is this. Is it German? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got soccer specific <laughs> fantasy team, Andy Watkins, OG homie Andy Watkins, and number two, or and number second, uh, FC Apogee Nathan Lyons in third place. Don't var me, bro, which is, that's, um trying to pull up on the app. It doesn't give you the full name. It's Matt. And then uh, Real Inter United FC, Patrick Felch in fifth. <laughs> All right. All right. Great. What else we got? Anything else? Um, no ratings, no votes. No ratings, no, no votes. Um, for those of you guys who are wondering, we got told that our the scarf order will oh, be, right. it will be um, shipped in the next couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Weeks, weeks is verbatim what we were told. Yeah. So, so hopefully that means as next soon week, as we get them, weeks, you'll know. Yeah. And we'll send out an email. Yeah, and we'll send we'll... you guys a sweet little, uh, sweet little email. And we got uh, something to announce in a couple of episodes, oh, a couple of weeks, guys. Dan, did you realize we're three episodes away from a hundred? Well, no way. You and I are. Dan is at least ninety-seven episodes away from a hundred at this point. Oh, that seems way too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We uh we are three episodes away from a hundred, so we have something really plan really fun planned for 
it, it's not going to be on our 100th episode. We'll announce it on our 100th episode. It's going to take a lot of planning and coordination and uh, apparently a lot of bribery and favors for Tim to get on board with my idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, should be really fun, though. This is true. This is very true. Um, you'll see. Brian, you'll see. 100th episode meet and greet at Burger King. Yep. Uh, Angry Whopper is back. Angry Whopper should it. still be back. It's definitely a part of it. Um, first of all, that Angry Whopper deal, you're talking Angry Whopper, uh, a crunchy taco, uh, two cookies, a drink, fries, yeah. and chicken fries for six bucks. Yeah, you would think it'd come with a roll of toilet paper, but no. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get or, free or napkins for. <laughs> or a bottle of magnesium citrate. Yeah, exactly. And keep, uh, keep it moving. Keep it moving, boys. All right, we're coming off a... Weird game, I guess, on Saturday. If you look at the results, you look at the reaction from a lot of people, you look at the reaction from a lot of the players or a couple of the players. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not on Twitter. So you guys tell me. What's the reactions? What's the hubbub? What's the scuttlebutt? Dan? I was just looking at sport. I'm speechless. I was looking at Sporting KC's past results. And they are awful. So I couldn't even understand what you were talking about. <laughs> Sporting KC are on a very bad stretch. CCL really uh, screwed them up the they're same way they does. They're on a bad stretch, but they're still plus four in goal differential. Interesting. Uh, even uh, after this weekend? Huh? Yes. Something interesting to know. Even after this weekend, they're plus four goal differential. Yeah, I four, four. Well, I mean, they would have been, right? Four, yeah. four means no difference oh, to the right. goal yeah. differential. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know how you guys are used to math across the pond. Hold dude. on, you hold on. Do I, that. Stop, guys. too busy scrounging up dragon glass. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, it's been pretty <laughs> had a lot of fun on social media on Instagram the past week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love that he was the only character that was crying. Like, <laughs> come on, Fat Dan. Sorry, um, Brittany. Uh, Bill Holcomb is saying he, Bill Holcomb's trying to give all the credit to Dan's Twitter game this week. You know, some of those tweets came from yours truly. Has, you guys so, been holding it down? The bad ones. I'm really proud of you guys. Now, yep. Dan, really happy. Dan was just Twitter. Ba- He's just like baiting. He's like, "Ooh, look at this really pretty picture of a stadium. Don't Everybody ruin, like it. Don't you dare ruin it." <laughs> Why are you ruining our presence online? In my, I don't opinion? know, but that's more likes than I've ever got for anything ever in my entire life. It's true. He's had three kids, too. <laughs> <laughs> at least three kids at this point. Whatever. All Whatever. right, Dan. What happened in our game against Colorado? Because the way that Twitter reacted... How is Twitter reacting? You guys got to give me the update. I'm still Twitter, Twitter's reacting. Until Thursday. My return will be Thursday. Okay, the Twitter reaction is pretty much this. We won, but... We only scored one goal against a team that gives up four goals a game or whatever it is. Mm. So if you listen to Twitter, it's nobody wanted the outcome of this game because Colorado obviously didn't want it because they lost. And although we won, everybody is just hating on the team and hating on Pity Martinez. Um, for quite frankly, a game I don't think we played that bad in. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting considering the matchup and, and what Colorado trotted out there and their tactics with putting nine men inside of the box, it seemed like, or inside the 18 for most of the game. Um, that's a tough kind of game to play. I, I get it. I think Colorado's Colorado has uh, 
allowed something like what seven or eight goals in the past three matches, something yes. crazy like that. So I guess I can get it from that perspective, but not really considering what Atlanta was up against in the run of form that Atlanta's really been in lately. I think that there were some opportunities created and some missed opportunities by players that still haven't seemed to get on the ball. Like Joseph, he has a narrow miss on a header that he normally gets. He's got a, a chip ball from pity that just glances off and doesn't really connect with it. Uh, a lot of missed opportunities. I think there's a lot of different things to unpack here, obviously, but we won. Yeah. To- uh, that's back to back wins as well. It is. We fucking won. I mean, who gives a shit? Yeah. I would take a season playing like that with a championship at the end of it. I don't care how we won. We won. You got to win the ugly games. That's part right. of it. And it's not back-to-back game wins, Dan. We lost to Dallas last week. Oh, uh, right. We did. Yeah. Forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, so Brian is asking, have the Rapids parked the bus against their previous opponents? And when I looked at who scored, uh, I don't, you know, I didn't want to go back and watch all of Colorado's games. But if you look at the positioning, the average positioning for Colorado's players, their outfield players, obviously, through the previous six games before us, they were averaging like three, four, um, four guys past half field in drastically at least for the most part drastically different than than the positioning like Kamara that maybe at midfield yeah you saw week? i think i think if you looked at the average positioning on who scored for the game against atlanta i want to say only two guys were above yeah half field the whole game and it might have been surprising. can you do you have who scored pulled up yeah uh, so it was uh kai kamara was just past the halfway line what was what were the amount just of past, just past kai kamara it was sam nicholson yeah well done sam nicholson and it was only two, right? It was the only them two with the in front of it is that field, right? Yeah. Yep. You got who scored pulled up, Dan. What was yep. the number of clearances by Colorado that game? Number of clearances. Their number yeah. of chances, their number of passes, their long passes, their uh because that speaks to they're uh, so low. That speaks to their their tactics entirely is just the fact that all of their opportunities were created by playing a long ball. I think they end up getting one really good link up play that almost ends up being somewhat threatening. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's just all long balls that were searching for something and grasping at straws, but there was no real consistent build up and run a play where they were catching us out of position or threatening with any realistic countering opportunity. Yeah. yeah so the total clearances, Kevin, Atlanta United were 13. Colorado with 32. What did I just say? I mean, it's fucking, I mean, that it's high school ball. It's boom ball. What was the, uh, so what, what are you guys, what were your thoughts and what was Twitter's thoughts on the starting lineup? Cause I'm sure the whole Tito situation has been up in arms. No, I, it, it depends. Dan, I, I, I feel like I need to go back and watch some because PD did play better towards the end of the game. Um, I just think there's an identity crisis between he and Barco whenever they're both playing where they're both kind of given license to roam, but at the same time, I don't think either of them are playing into space where they need to, and I think they kind of overlap at times and get in each other's way, but um, there is, to Dan's point, a lot of people were trashing trashing Petey. Um, I feel like though he did play a little better towards the end of the game, and he wasn't necessarily our weak link during the game, I don't know that I'm trying to think who our weak link was during that game, but um, so so here's the thing uh, between and 
Frank touched on it a little bit between the starting of Tito versus the starting of Pity. We it seemed like Frank expected Colorado to play defensively like they did, and rightfully so, or at least thought that the lanes were going to be really narrow, and that was his reasoning for starting Pity over Tito because Tito is much more lethal. I'm not saying he doesn't have footwork and can't take somebody one-on-one. He's shown that time and time again. What he doesn't do regularly is take on players two and three on one, um, like Pity and Barco tend to do on a regular basis. So that was his reasoning for putting in Pity and Barco over Tito, knowing that the spaces were going to be tighter, the lanes were going to be tighter, and that hopefully after their defense wearing down over a period of 60, 70, 80 minutes, they'd, they'd start to have to draw out at some point, and that's where you could unleash somebody like a Tito over wide and get them in a foot race, which ended up being pretty successful overall. But I think that may be what some of the downfall was from all of the players, aside from maybe Nagby, who consistently seemed to find lanes and space, uh, where they were just surrounded by three, four, five players at a time. There was that one run of play where Martinez and Gressel are inside the six-yard box and can't get the ball out from under their feet because they have no room in space to play the ball away from their feet because they're surrounded by four defenders at all times. They're, throughout that entire game, defensively, Colorado played five back. And then anytime Atlanta was on the break, they were pulling seven, eight players back inside the 18. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got to find it real quick, Dan. I just wanted to point this out because I was going to ask you if you remember any time that we were really successful against a bunkering team because Bill Holcomb says, that was the style we sucked at when Tata was in charge too. I've never been good against Bunker. Why is yeah. everyone hitting on DeBoer like this is new because of him? And I could I not agree really more with point. that. Yeah, I, th- I mean, D.C., Seattle, uh, Portland. Uh, I mean, Colorado when we played them back in 2017. Um, hey, and we won against them, what, won nothing at Bobby Dodd, right? Yeah, we did, uh, which was, you know, a difficult game. Um, so, oh, man, what's... So I think the weak link, going back to your earlier point, Tim, was Escobar. He just seemed all sorts. No, 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 all, Dan, all it's, out Breck of it's Breck Shea. It's <laughs> Breck Shea. Dan, to your, point, to your point about Escobar, I will, I, I will agree with you, but I think it was because of the fact that he hasn't really played in this system. And as a result of that, we saw Frank DeBoer actively taking the role of coaching and managing Franco Escobar one-on-one throughout the entire game where he was actually pulling out the whiteboard and showing strategically where he wanted Escobar to be as players were shifting and moving on the field, which is the first time we've seen him really try to engage a player one-on-one throughout a match taking that managerial role. I never saw Tata do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think think that's good because it's good. you need that. That's great. I mean, he's explaining to players what they need to be doing. I think that's uh, that's what I want my manager to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Brittany, uh, Brittany's uh, Brittany S saying, uh, so every team bunkered so far, I doubt that. We, we weren't saying this season. We're talking about historically over the past no, couple yeah. of years, um, the, the bunkering teams that we've had to deal with. And just the we have not had the ability to break them down. We've talked over the past two years. Last year, we thought Barco was going to be the guy that was going to come in and create that space and really open that up and be able to take on those teams that were parking the bus but we haven't been able to break that 
Well, part of it's a numbers game and being able to draw defenses out of their bunker. And you've got to create something or get them. And we saw Atlanta look a lot more threatening, Oh, well, I guess – uh, I say that with an asterisk. The last the stoppage time got a little squirrely there, uh, where it looked like Atlanta may concede yeah. a, a tying goal there. But after they scored, obviously Colorado was, had to come out. Yeah, a it was Breck Shea's fault though in stoppage time. Oh, it totally was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's so difficult to play against a bunkering team. I think what Atlanta United, I mean, we came out with the victory, and I feel like we did what we had to do. We just slowly ground them down. Um, and kept, you know, taking little chunks, chipping away, uh, getting, you know, making uh, dangerous through balls every now and then, like the one in the first half from Barco uh, in the 35th minute. So Barco's all the way on the right and travels laterally uh, and then plays a ball through that splits three lines of defense with Gressel making a superbly timed run, but uh, Howard was able to get to the ball before that. Um it's just it's just a frustrating game to watch, but we did what we needed to do to to uh, to win that game. And I think actually using Tito as a sub was the best thing for him to do because then you can you you're running at this this team. There eventually the defense is going to get tired, and then you bring on Tito, fast as lightning, Bialba to really grind them down and exactly. try and run at them one on one. Exactly. Elliot Beaven makes a great point. He says uh, Atlanta is vulnerable on the counter when they play against bunker teams. That's 100% correct because I feel like in this game, I feel like we were far more composed than we had been in years past whenever we play against a bunker team because what will end up happening is you get frustrated. You try and push men forward. You try and create more chances. You try and you know get in those lanes. and You push the defenders way too far upfield to yeah, try exactly. to get numbers. And one thing I will say is, man, Miles Robinson... You can always count on him being back. Yeah, like he, he I don't, I, I don't know if you have who scored up, but I mean, what was his aerial duels? It was got, it's got to be like ten to zero that he won those. He or ten, um, to 10 that he won. Yeah, he re- won three. That's it. Highest on the like team. Was, well, apart from Martinez, I felt like he was heading the ball. I, I guess maybe maybe that's just in 50-50 situations, not just whenever he's going and winning the ball in in space. But, um, yeah, I. I don't know, man. It's it's tough. Um, I don't know that in terms of weak weak link. I mean, if, if Franco Escobar is going to be a weak link during a game, I don't know that that's a bad thing. Um, I mean, we were never really aside from that stoppage time. We were never out of control of that game. That's the but one how thing. much of that was because we just weren't really playing the ball over to the right side either. Like defensively, did Escobar put us in any really bad situations? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm not saying he didn't, but I don't know of any areas where. Escobar put us at risk of Colorado slipping one by us on defense. I'll give you that he maybe wasn't as lethal in the offensive run of play or chance creation, but we didn't really do a whole lot on the right wing. If anything, everything was really created centrally and on the left wing over the run of the game. There were a couple chances that Gressel tried to swing over, but for the most part, it was left and center. Um, no, I, I push back on that. The, during the first half, at least, anyway, there were a couple of areas where Escobar gave a silly pass away 
or he was uh, just at, pulled out of position and guys, I think Jeff was yelling at him to to get further over to the right. Um, I think it was just like, you know, he had been out of the, the lineup and he was getting back into it. I don't think it's anything like detrimental to his development as a player. But uh, no, we, we attacked a lot on the right-hand side, uh, at least in the first half. Um, a couple of chances came from there. Pity was uh, doing some running uh, up into the box coming from the right-hand side. Um, in fact, the heat maps sort of favor the center and the re- the right hand side. Interesting, um, but you know, it was it, it was a much better game in the second half, though. Yeah, I feel like that. So, speaking of Petey Martinez, a lot has been to your so being off Twitter and social media, um, the overreaction I think that's being had right now about him is. Something that I, I just want to get out there that you can't Atlanta and the United fans, you can't have it both ways. You can't be mad whenever he's passive or pensive. Yeah. And then you can't be mad whenever he, and, and then just go in when he's showing passion and getting pissed off that he got taken off whenever he started doing well, you can't get mad at him for being pissed off. Well, isn't this the same Joseph Martinez syndrome from the first year. Yeah, exactly. In a lot of ways. And I've changed my tune on that. I, I think I was a little rubbed wrong whenever he did that last year because I think wasting time in that situation. Not really last year. It was really the first year they did that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It, time's starting yeah. to meld. Um, yeah, I, I definitely changed my tune. I, it's good to see that. I mean, so many people were talking about how he just looked like he was here to, you know, take a stepping or take a step over to Europe. But that's not the case. I mean, he was. He was livid whenever yeah. he kicked the back of Brexhay's uh, chair over in yeah. the... Uh, and we saw Joseph the do the same yeah, thing. exactly. And I don't know about you, Dan, but I see that as a good sign, a sign of life from him and, and a sign that he's he's itching to get back out there and prove people uh, prove people wrong. Absolutely. I love the passion. I, I, I'm fine with him getting mad about it. That's great. At least it shows uh, that he's interested and that he, he shows that he wants to excel. Um, and Joe Johnstone kind of echoes that. I want Pity to be pissed off when he's taken off, just like Joseph. Yeah. And then uh, new new face in the trap, new name in the trap, Alec Cowenbergs. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. He says it shows that he cares. That's that's exactly the point. I mean, he wants to be here. Look, he wants to prove himself. Look at every one of these players that come up. It takes them at least a year to get acclimated to the play style in MLS, the systems, the the link up. You look at whether it's Joseph Martinez or Ezekiel Barco, Carlos Vela. I mean, look at what he's doing right now. He wasn't doing that last year. You know, it's... It, it sometimes it takes that little bit of speaking of Carlos Vela rocking a Real Sociedad shirt you know today. Yeah. You know it, yeah, yeah. I think when players come into the league with a reputation and they come in with a lot of fanfare, teams are going to be gunning for them. Um, it happened with Barco. Um, it didn't happen with Elmoron because no one really knew who he was. Um, which was great, but it happened with Barco. It's happening with, with pity. I mean, in year one, I kind of feel like it happened with Vela for a little bit. Well, yeah, um, that's what I was, that's what I was kind of referring to. And now you see he's, he's tearing shit up obviously, but um, yeah, there's no better player in MLS right now than Carlos Vela. Yeah. Except for maybe Zlatan. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the question was uh, Joe Johnson saying how many matches were home games that the other team scored for against Colorado. And I'm trying to pull that up real quick because Here, I'll pull it up. Right I now. believe it was more often than not. So 
Actually, so they gave up four away to Chicago, three at home to DC, four away to Orlando, four away at home, or four at home to Houston. And I mean, whenever you're in that run of form, that could easily have been we we did the offside trap last week. Yeah. And it was glaringly obvious based on the results of the previous however many matches into the fan base into the manager that Colorado was really struggling struggling defensively and they had to figure out something defensively in this game against arguably a comparable team at least in standings to get a result in what way do you do that other than to try to adjust and focus primarily on defense and getting out with a draw maybe you come out and get something late on a quick counter or something like that that's that's a good way to try to build momentum going forward from a managerial standpoint is to say, look, right, we're conceding three, four games consistently. We're on the road. We can we need to do something. We've got to improve somewhere. We're not going to be outscoring teams five to four, but what we can do is stop the bleeding and start to work on things defensively so that maybe we can get that sorted out to then start to build up and work things out offensively. So I think that was some of the tactic that Colorado brought in here because they've been so exposed on defense. They sure as shit didn't look exposed on defense against Atlanta, and I don't think that that's because Atlanta is bad at attacking. I think it's because 100% of the effort on the road against Atlanta was defensively focused. Yeah, so if you look at their other opponents that they've played apart from us and you look at their average player positions within those games, they've got like... four or five players into the other half, which is which is better. And this is going to sound incredibly hubristic coming from an Atlanta United fan. But the first game of the season they played was Dallas. Dallas were not the Dallas that we know right now at the start of the season. Um, then they played Houston Dynamo. And Houston do have a little bit of a reputation, but it's not, it's not huge. I mean, they didn't do much in the playoffs last year. First, then you're playing Orlando City. I mean, need I say more? then DC, and then Chicago Fire. So those teams do not come, maybe apart from DC, but they don't come with the reputation that Atlanta United as the reigning champions have built. And we are, you know, traditionally an attacking team. um, And you are going to be looking to not get completely destroyed on Atlanta United's home turf. So this, I'm sure when this game came up in the season, they sort of targeted this one for, um, uh, you know, some some marquee game that they could potentially make a statement at uh, because none of the others really moved the needle at all. And if they hadn't have lost every single game this season, I think they would have come away with with being okay only losing by a goal against Atlanta. Uh, obviously, they're not because they are, haven't won yet. But um, Bill, I think the point about us being vulnerable to the bunker when others have tried it. Um, how much do you? I think I don't know that that's necessarily contradicting the point that we're making here. I think that both of those things go hand in hand. Where Colorado has been maybe struggling and thought that they could not only get a favorable result because other teams have been able to do so, but also recognizing their own flaws in the way that they've been approaching games so far in the season too. Um, sorry, I was looking at something oh, else. <laughs> what, you were over there tinkering and then you lost Dan 
altogether. We lost Dan's audio. You've lost me? No, there no, he is. Okay. Um, so I just got caught by Joe Johnston's um, question saying if have they do they bunker on the road and then open up at home and it doesn't look like it no, no we we i think we were the first team this season that they've bunkered against right. no i think that uh well i don't think so i think they may have bunkered a little bit against dc i i'm not as informed about their games to really make an assessment of that okay well one thing i can say is that the ire of the Atlanta United fans really should be less directed toward Frank DeBoer and if towards you, this team and more towards Colorado for the for for dictating the way that this game was going to go down. If you can't enjoy a win, a win, yeah. What, what are you? I mean, what are you in it for? Are you not entertained? Exactly. If you're not first, you're last. I mean, I was I was checking like. I didn't watch the game live, but you know, I usually get the notifications when we score, and it it got um, quite late in the game, and I was like, "Man, I haven't got my notifications; must be turned off." So obviously they weren't. Um, but I was getting a little worried, and then when we won, I'm I'm I was kind of relieved. But a, a win is a win, and we need all the points we can get right now, anyway. Um, and I totally agree with you, Kevin. I mean, I feel like. The the boy, if there was any boredom in this game, it's Colorado's fault, yeah. And did up until I will say, up until stoppage time in the 90th minute, was there any time that you as Atlanta fans felt like you weren't going something wasn't going to open up, or even worse than that, did you ever feel like there was a chance that Colorado was all of a sudden going to just? run away with this thing no not at all like i said i feel like we were in control of the game the entire time whether or not whether or not you you saw the product that you wanted to see i mean again like yeah i want to win seven nothing you know what else i want to do i just want to win and this is a hell of a lot better than sitting here last week two out of three two out of three ain't bad that's a good start to, to to start getting momentum towards uh the rest of the season we got for the culture live in the trap Who'd that be? Grego? Is that Greg? Is that Ringo? Is that Tony? Which one of you guys is it? Is it all you guys? Shows up in the trap. Can't show up in the trap house. Let's see how it is. I think winning breeds winning. And just keep on winning and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, You're going to tell me me if we play boring the entire season and win the championship, you're going to be unhappy? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Just like all those ungrateful... Alabama fans. All those ungrateful (laughs) Chelsea fans. (laughs) All those ungrateful Chelsea fans now—they're like, "Oh yeah, but Mourinho is so boring." Whenever he did it, I'm sure. Like, I, I'm sure there's not Bayern fans. I don't know. Actually, I don't know enough Bayern fans. Like, if they would have the year that Louis Van Gaal came in and won a championship, are they pissed off about that championship? Probably not, right? I mean, it's it's silly. It, I think this team is starting to fire better uh, week in week out. In in all this shit again, I I kept making you know snide comments about it, but. Did did Breck Shea put a foot wrong at all in this game, Dan? Uh man. I think unless he stands on his head, he's gonna be judged. Yeah, I and I'm, I'm a horrible judger of Breck Shea. I mean, I just don't rate him at all. But there's gotta be a happy medium between me, the Breck Shea apologist, and the, the group of guys behind me during the game that every time he touched the ball, it's uh <laughs> tell, tell you what, Tim. 
He kept a clean sheet. Kudos to you, Brookshay. He did, I think defensively he played a great game. Offensively, yeah. He didn't. He wasn't adventurous though at no. all during. Um... I think. I think you mentioned something about Josh's comment about that. Like you're upset about a left back not being an offensive. Yeah, player. not everybody can be Andy Robertson. Uh, uh, he, I'll give you that. You know what? He's not Greg Garza. So fuck him. <laughs> no, but for real, like I, I, and I, and I pose this question right now, and I think most of you guys in the trap. I mean, you guys were talking about how much you want George Bellow to come back to replace him, and absolutely, I would like that. I, I, I want that. I'm a huge believer in George Bellow, and I think he's a much better player than Breck Shea is, even at 17 years old. But I turned and asked the guy. Somebody's like, "Get him out of the game." After he like completed yeah. a backward pass, You're like, what are you gonna do? and I said, "Who would you put in for him right now?" He said, "Literally anyone." I was like, "That's not, that's an, not answer. an answer." No, I was like, "Who would you put back there?" He's like, "Michael Parkhurst." I was like, "That's what?" So you're gonna put Michael Parkhurst on the left uh, at left back, who's right footed? Get smart. him out of position. Not, that's I mean, smart. Michael Parkhurst at right back that everybody was groaning about last well, week. We all I know. Thought the, he we all know the real problem, though. We all know the real problem. What you know? What you know? What the real problem is? What's the real problem, Frank? Oh yeah, that's true. Oh my god, yeah. Um, Dan, did you, did Tim tell you about that? No. About Emmett Park Festival. Okay, so Angie no. and I went to. Uh, it was Angie, uh, my brother-in-law Gianni, and I, and we went to the Atlanta United tent, as we normally do at these festivals to go get a free flag or koozie I, or whatever. I, I want to mention the fact that these individuals somehow are directly affiliated with the team. Well, I, right? I, no, 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 not necessarily because they, they, I work in this industry, right? I work in the experiment, experiential marketing, event marketing industry. Yeah. And a lot of those people don't work directly for even a marketing agency. They, they're a lot of those people that you'll see like at tents, they're working on behalf of a brand, got their jobs off of a Facebook listing. Okay. So I don't necessarily know that that person was affiliated with it, but or with Atlanta United, but you're still the face of the brand. Yeah, exactly. So we went up there. We were asking, um, you know, we were, we were signing up to win tickets or whatever um, and getting a flag for being founding members and, and all that. And uh, this guy comes up and uh, next to us and the guy behind the table is like, oh, do you, uh, so would you go to the game yesterday? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really disappointing. He's like, it was good to get, I was like, it was good to get a win. He's like, yeah, you know what the real problem is. And the guy behind the table is like, yeah, we know what it is. And then the guy, uh, uh, the, the fan that was coming up was like, yeah, I was just not going to say what it is. I was like, I said, what? Like, not being able <laughs> what, to finish, what is this? I said, not being able to finish chance. He's like, no, FDB. And then the other guy, the guy from, uh, Atlanta United or whatever representing Atlanta United, the brand ambassador on the other side was like, "Yep, FDB." I was like, "What do you guys want him to do against a team that's parking the bus?" Like, we won. Like, Again, it, like, it just it, it blows my fucking mind. Not just the whole winning losing aspect, but it has now infiltrated. Look, I'm all for fandom. If you're FDB out, whatever the fuck, I don't care. Obviously, we all have our stances and our takes on where the club stands where what we think is best for the club. Ultimately, none of us are in a position to change it. But if you're there representing the club and you're doing a job that you're yeah. getting paid for, you 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 say, oh, okay, that, that's a really interesting opinion. You that, that's <laughs> so fucked up to me that you're that you would just automatically Yeah. 
It'd be like be working at a Ford booth and being like, yeah, Chevy's a way fucking better truck or whatever the hell it is, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I don't I, like I, that. Tell the company line. I'm a company man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It was, it was, it threw me off a little bit just that he was just so much candor going on there. It's like, uh, Did you call him out now, Anthony, Anthony Nigel has a really good point, And I think that this is a large part of why we hear this <laughs> so much here. I wonder if it would be this way. I mean, obviously it was this way at Crystal Palace and other locations, but two locations, Crystal Palace and, and Milan. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So two locations. I mean, how often do managers go in and get fired in a couple of games? And it's sort of, what have you done for me lately? As much as they do in the college circle or the college football coaching carousel that we know. And being in SEC country, how much of that has infiltrated the mindset of Atlanta United fans? Go dogs. <laughs> I mean, um, so I would say, I mean, managers, if they don't do well, in the Premier League or the Championship, I mean, they get—they do not have; like, they are not given much time at all. Uh, if they—if they do them really well, I mean, usually a change is going to be coming pretty quickly, especially in the Premier League, because of all the money that they'll lose otherwise. And then there's this whole theory about when a new manager comes in, there's the honeymoon period, which can get—it can get teams out of relegation scraps. Dan, would you say that that's? Oh, well, not relegation scrap. I was going to say Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, period right and he had a pretty good caretaker stretch and they're like "Ooh, we're gonna give him uh we're gonna give him a big contract i mean potentially i don't know i feel like i mean i think some of that has come in and then i guess if they can support him in the off season uh because they've got i mean they've got to do something about building kind of rebuilding that squad a little bit i mean they haven't had a decent center back and since um vidic really I mean, they, they've got to have a big enforcer. I mean, I love Phil Jones, but Phil Jones isn't doing much. And, you know, I mean, you want to keep Pogba and then a couple of other guys, but Ashley Cole, Ashley Young, oh my gosh. He's been, I think he's just had enough. I think Grego from For the Culture says it perfectly. He says, Palace had had two or three more managers since Frank DeBoer. He said the problem there wasn't quite Frank DeBoer. It was organizational. Right. And yeah, do we I mean, think that right. there's an organizational issue in Atlanta United? I don't no. think so. Not a chance. I mean, did you see Boca Negra's beard on the telecast? Oh, my, oh God. my God. Who was it in our Slack saying he's just been growing out a beard until Atlanta United wins a game at home? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you. there are not wild. There are wildlings and men of the Night's Watch that have lesser beards than uh, Carlos Boca Negra. It was pretty intimidating. Yeah, it somebody was. with a beard. Was... Oh, because that mustache was like coming down. Yeah, like, like he had yeah. no lips. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you got. He has to push it out of the way to get food in there. <laughs> yeah, it had a lot His of life. Is kissing beard. <laughs> I don't know. It's um. No, I don't. I'm I'm still optimistic about this team. It's Joe okay. Johnstone says 89 points are bust. So, so you're optimistic about this team. I think we all are. But how optimistic are you, knowing that this team has five games in 15 days? What do we see um, away from these next five games? I'm liking that. I think some consistency will be good. Um, I, I I need to actually have a look and see who we've got. Because yeah, S- I, SKC, Orlando, Red Bulls, Toronto, 
And I think it goes in this order though, right? It's SKC, Toronto, Orlando, Red Bulls, Red Bulls. And I don't know what that fifth one is. It's another West. No, no, no. Montreal. Oh yeah. I think it is Montreal. Montreal who are hot right now. Yeah. And that's a third third place. Second, second, third place. Yeah. No, but while Dan's looking at what he needs to look at, I think that <laughs> in the five games, uh, I Joe Johnstone saying nine points in five games. Of those five, two are in hand right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the MLS schedule is so screwed up that there were teams playing midweek last week, and we weren't one of them playing catch-up. It, it just doesn't make sense. I think us, SKC, Houston, trying to think Toronto. of the teams. I think because Toronto's yeah, Toronto's got, got two, two games in yeah. hand and they're sitting in second in the yeah. East. That's the game that I'm worried about. Um, yeah, we'll pro- I think. I mean, on a short turnaround. I think. I think we. Oh, okay. So let's take it game by game, Dan. First of all, and it was one of the first things mentioned in the trap. Next week's game, this week's game against SKC, 9 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Which do you choose, Game of Thrones or Atlanta United? No way. Is yeah. it a conflict? Yes. Well, I have HBO now, so I'll watch Atlanta United live and then uh, Game of Thrones after. That's a fool's errand, boy. And, and sorry, it wasn't. it's not Montreal that we're playing. It's another Canadian team. It's Vancouver. Okay. And we're at Vancouver. I choose Game of Thrones just because of the, the run of ruining things online. I can avoid Atlanta United spoilers. You are not going to be able to avoid Game of Thrones spoilers. Just stay off social media. Well, that's what I've been doing anyway, but it, it's it's everywhere, though. I mean, even whenever I Google stuff, I've yeah, like but so I'm going to do a Periscope stream of um, Endgame when I go watch it again, and I don't want to see anybody complaining because I see all those Game of Thrones uh, live streams on on Twitter. Joe has a good point, and watch the last th- thirty minutes of the match. <laughs> All right, let's go game by game. So you're picking you're picking uh, Atlanta United match over Game of Thrones. I like it. It's a true fan right there. Well, you it's know, someone's got to be right, Kevin. Yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, so SKC, what do we think, guys? I'm thinking one point there. Yep. Yes, that's Dan. That's me, Tim. They're in such bad form right now, though. Um, but we're not in good form. We're in better form. That's not good. So they're two, two, and four. We are two, three, and two. So they have in the past. Uh, they've had some bad beats. I feel like too. Um, no, I guess they beat Montreal seven one, and then have since you- then they've drawn, drawn, lost, and drawn. Um, and they got the shit kicked out of them by. Uh, it was against Monterey, right? Yeah. Right yeah. So after. they also lost. So they yeah they lost. 5-0 to Monterey, then drew with Cincinnati, then lost to Monterey again, 5-2. And then they drew with Red Bulls, 2-2. Lost, lost to the Earthquakes. to the Earth, or 4-1 to the Earthquakes. Right. And then they drew 4-4 with New England Revolution, who had two guys sent off. But the thing is, when, when do they go off, first of all? Well, that's what I'm looking at now. Yeah, because so the thing that's the, the thing that's scary to me again. Okay, the, they were a man, went a man down in the fifty fifth minute, and then Anibaba went out on the in the eighty nine. But what was the score whenever he went out? It was it was three three one. I know to one, two. Uh, was, New England. Oh, New England was up, so oh, they, they scored <laughs> goals. Uh, okay, okay, so I'll give them that. Um, 
So other than that, though, they've been scoring goals consistently. And I think that's maybe what scares me there is that Atlanta has not proven that they can consistently score goals right now. That's the fear that I have there is that I think we could get into a shootout potentially with SKC. And I don't know that we necessarily, I don't think that we are worse for that, but I don't think that we're better prepared to go up against that. I don't think it's necessarily, necessarily a loss, but I, I'm, I'm saying a one point game. I mean, uh, Kevin, so Kevin, Dan, I'm going to ask you guys real quick without looking at the standings, Dan, because I can't check you. Kevin doesn't have them in front of him. Where do you think Atlanta stands? Because to Kevin's point, we haven't had the best luck putting goals in this season. Where do you think right now in the season, in the league, where does Atlanta United rank in goals allowed in defense? I know our goal differential is minus four, right? Wait. Minus two. Minus two. So we rank... The answer is tied for first. Really? really? Goals allowed. Uh, no, it's... Uh, goals allowed, yes. Right? Um, so we've allowed the least goals. Yes, and we're tied with Houston and uh, LA Galaxy and LA. Now that FC. is promising. And that was Frank... So we're, yeah, we're tied... We're first yeah. in the East... Yes. And then Galaxy, okay. LAFC. Okay, okay. now the flip side of that, because you can easily make numbers read the way you want them to. What are the top goal scoring teams on any of those, any of the teams that we've held to a lower? To, to, do you see what I'm saying here? Like if we're, if we're holding the lowest scoring, if we're allowing the least amount of goals, but it's against teams that aren't scoring a lot of goals in general, that doesn't really. So in the East, your, your goal scoring rankings rank Toronto in first with 19. And then it's, there's a precipitous drop or a big, big gap cavern between uh, first and second and tied for second is DC and Philly. So those are two of the teams. Okay. Um, so that's Colum- two. Columbus only has eight goals. Um, and then FC Dallas has 14. How's that stack up? Um, and then Colorado has 12. Um, uh, in the West, it's middle of the pack. Okay, so overall, I think that we're kind of around... We're play, we're uh, we're first in the league in allowing the least amount of goals, tied for first, but against teams that are maybe in that like fifth or sixth place in scoring goals. So that's good. It's definitely on the right side of things. Um, uh, Tony Neitzel brings up a good point. He says that we do have two games in hand, so it's not necessarily the be- like a good measurement. But good point. True. Good point. Columbus so, has three in hand on us. That is a really good point. So, what do you think, Tim? We got to get back on this. We because we got voicemails and shit. Oh right? yeah, we do. Um, SKC. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna pull a win out of that. I'm optimistic in that. All right, moving on to Toronto. I think that's a loss. Oh yeah, even at home, you know, Wednesday night. It's not like a cold Tuesday night at the Britannia in in, in Stoke City. Uh, it's not necessarily all that daunting, I don't think, for Toronto to come in and continue the form that they have. What do you think, Dan? Yep, I'm saying that's a loss too. And then after that, we have Orlando. Yep, I think that's a win. I think that's a win too. It's got to be. We got to be in their heads at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then they just won that, it so bad. I know. And then after that. It is Vancouver. We are up in Vancouver on three days rest. Uh, with three no days Kendall break. Austin. No, it's Red Bull before Vancouver. I thought no, yeah, it's Vancouver, so. and then it's uh, and then it's New York. Oh, okay. Breck Shea's revenge game. Ooh, 
Who? Uh, I'd say that's a, I think that's a win. I will say that's a win as well. Yeah, probably so. And I think it's a draw against Red Bulls. I think we win. Red Bulls, I mean, what's what's Red Bulls' rankings right now? They're underneath us? Yes. No, 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 no. We have yeah. a game in hand on them. We are tied on points, but they have... Um, They're one below us. They're, they have a better goal differential. We have the same amount of wins. They're in ninth. We're oh, in tenth. That's right. FC Dallas is in bottom right now. I'm going to a win against or, I mean, the FC Red Bulls. Yeah. Okay, so what is that? Two wins, uh, two draws. I say we pick up eight points in five games. Five games. What do you think, Dan? Um, I've got in in the next five. I've got us winning three and drawing one. So that's ten points. Ten I'm points. with you on that. Yeah. And then I went a six because we did the whole of May, and that would be um, Minnesota at home. That's a win for me. Should be a win. Are we sure about that? It should be a win, Tim. I fucking hate Adrian Heath. Oh so, my gosh. Okay, so but is it gonna be a win though? Because they're not they're a pretty good team. So next question. We could be Atlanta United does not pick up at least fill in the blank. Five points in the next five oh, games. Frank DeBorg will get fired. No. What <laughs> when is the time to panic? If Atlanta enters June outside of the playoff race, is it time to start to question things? When, when is the time to start really asking questions? Because I think all three of us are in agreement here that it's going to take time, but it, it, ultimately you need to see some results at some point. And where's that line in the sand? Is it June? I'm The reason I can't do this is because I need to see how the team plays. And I think we played I think we played good against the Revolution. I thought we played really good against Dallas. I thought we played great against the Colorado. Um Columbus wasn't a game. Um but we're trending in the right direction. So I mean, yes, I could we there is a chance that we come out of the next what one, two, three, eight, seven games. And we don't have any wins, but I just don't think that's the. I guess if I we lose I all of them, the case yeah. either. But at some point, it's like, how many do you need to have? Because you get to a certain point in mid June, where half the season's over, and, and you, if you're outside of the playoff hunt, and that gap starts to get wider and wider, and the pack starts to separate itself, that you're running the risk of missing playoffs entirely when the odds are more teams make the playoffs than don't this year. Um, I feel like that's so weird. I, I gotta see, I gotta see us play the game though. Um, but it's true. Chris more Fillingham, teams this year will make the playoffs than don't. Yes. Yeah, say no, that again, true. Kevin. 14 and how many will miss? It's going to be 10. 10 will be on the outside looking in. And for, and again, put the whole title of reigning MLS champs aside because I think that there's a lot of, this is a new team by all standards, but that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, Dirty Bird person, ATL Chris, he says, hey guys, Aria Stark or Julian Gressel? Uh, Who took a better stab? Over the stop, weekend. stop. It's not even Tuesday yet. You're you're being one of them. You're encouraging people. 
This is not cool for Brittany S. She has been a dedicated follower of our podcast, and I don't appreciate people spoiling Game of Thrones for her. Yeah. I mean, did she, did she say that she still doesn't watch it from I yesterday? Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's what I'm saying. I didn't really say anything that would... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Bill Holcomb, miss playoffs, get fired. All right. Uh, you won't get fired so, until next season. Elliot Beaven says, I still think that we're on the two years or uh, or uh, or bust. Sorry, Brittany. Frank DeBoer uh, bandwagon, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Voicemails. What we got? I was, Go for it, Dan. While I load it up. No, I was, I was just agreeing. Like, if we don't make the playoffs, then um, I'm irritated. Okay. 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 All right, we have some drunken voicemails, maybe? We have at least 18 voicemails from Kevin Gore. What's the phone number? 678-827-3257. Please tell me I just fucking nailed that. 678. Oh, I had it. 827-3297. I did say that right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yo, what's up, Trap and James, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Kevin Gorm here, reporting live from... uh, Walking around my block in Kirkwood, so I don't wake up my wife and our newborn. Taking Reggie for a walk, it's great. Uh, here are my three things for the game. I used to call them keys, but that doesn't seem to make sense anymore. Uh, key or thing number one. How about that possession? Oh my god, guys, almost seventy percent. Uh, thing number two. Hey, who do you who do you think is the most expendable starter on our team right now? Ooh, that's a good one. And uh, number three. Oh man, I'll call back. I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> I didn't down today. All right. To hell with Orlando. Call you back in a second. Oh, it's so good. All right, before we get to his next one, uh, it's funny, Tim. As much as we try to make the argument for Breck Shane that he's not really that bad, of the starters currently, he is the most expendable for me. Yes, there's no question. Dan? Uh, um, so how are we defining the starters, like based on last week? Yeah. So we've got Rometty on the sidelines. No, I'm not going to put Jeff in that. Uh, yeah, I'd say... Well, we don't have a back. We don't have a player for Shea right now. So, who are you going to put in instead of him? I think the argument to, to say for most expendable is if something else comes along, who yeah, who are yeah. you who are you most comfortable with replacing? Who's oh, the easiest person? It, to replace? You mean if a left back, an amazing left back comes along, I'm absolutely if replacing a mediocre left back. If seventy five percent George Bellow, as people were saying in the trap, comes out. Well, George Bello hasn't played since before the playoffs of 2018. So. Yeah, well, even then, that's probably not enough playtime by your standards, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Oh, my God. And well, I'm sure he started the season against D.C., did he not? Did. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brett Shea, if someone comes along, I'm absolutely Okay, okay, okay. great. Oh, hey, what's up, Trap? It's Kevin Gorham once again. Still walking my dog around Kirkwood, so I don't wake up my wife and my newborn. Uh, I finally remembered what my third thing was. Um, damn it. I'll call you back. <laughs> hey, Kevin Gorham finally remembered. Hey, uh, even though we won, and Frank DeBoer is definitely a genius, 
what's the one thing that came out of this game that makes you question uh, the fact that we could have any more success the rest of the season? All right. Uh, once again, like I said, uh, long-time listener. I don't know. Fourth-time caller. I'll hang up and listen uh, to Hell with Orlando. Bye. <laughs> I'm hoping this stays a consistent segment. Oh my Each god! I love, I love that this is this is all I've ever wanted is to have these consistent phone calls and between him and Joe Johnstone consistently calling in, which we didn't get one from Joe this week. We so. did. Oh, we did. Yes, we still have one to play at the and buzzer. The, we still have one from Kevin Gorham. There's another one. So Hold six on. was it six two seven eight two seven three two nine seven? Correct. Yes. Hey, it's Kevin Gorham. You know what? Actually, fuck this. We're terrible. Uh, thank God for Miles Robinson, uh, him for MVP of defense or whatever, defensive player of the year. And, uh, all right, whatever. Fuck it. To hell with Orlando. We're terrible. Fuck it. I don't know. Dan, suck it. <laughs> did he say Dan, suck it? <laughs> I think he did, yeah. That must have been after Dan tweeted uh, out that whole, what else do you want? Michelle said, I so nearly called and then backed oh, out. We're disappointed. 678 I'm waiting for a Britney S phone call. Me too. Same, 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 same. Um, um, so we got in, two more. We got two more. We got to answer this question. What was it? Um, what? From what gives us optimism? No, 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 pessimism that we won't be able to see, succeed this season given uh, what we saw on the field on Saturday. If there's anything that we could take away from Saturday that gives you the inkling that we are not going to succeed or be a, a decent team this year, what is it? Um, that you have Pity Martinez in a role that you expect him to be taking defenders on, and he's so quick to try to draw the foul rather than stay on his feet and muscle through it. I want to see a little bit more muscle out of pity. I don't think he's a bad player, but I think it becomes a liability whenever you're consistently stopping the run of play and chance creation because one of your chance creators is not strong enough to stay on the ball. For me, it's Tito Vialba not being on the field from start to finish. Dan? Um, I think pity will eventually snap out of that. Um that the fan base that we lose like three more games and the fan base just implodes or I will just get so irritated with it that I will, <laughs> will just completely switch off. Okay. Uh, oh, we got a, we got people we got, actually we, answering. Yeah. We got two more. He said, um, for the culture saying finishing won't come around midfield never gets sorted in pity uh abhors turf yeah okay uh michelle saying she's worried for whenever barco's out for the u20 world cup did we cover that we, we have not. not yeah that's it's um irresponsible of us yeah all well, right um og homie sean sean mack uh who i saw walking up nice yeah i was i was walking up to go get popcorn or something at halftime and i saw him coming down as you will hear hey what's up this is Sean Mack, Axe Star Stress. Um, my one positive from Saturday's match was, I mean, I ran into Tim at halftime and pulled off a fist bump holding a bag of popcorn without spilling any of your popcorn. I mean, that's about it. And uh, the negative, I say, is Colorado style of play. I get, you know, it's not their job to entertain away fans, but I just don't like the parking the bus uh, style of play and tactics or whatever. So that's it, man. Keep doing your thing. Amen to that. I mean, imagine if you're a Colorado Rapids fan and you have to watch that garbage week in, week out. 
Yeah, because they didn't even win the possession battle. Even whenever we lose, there's good passing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got one more. As the aforementioned Joe Johnstone. 89 points or bust. Still rolling, guys. Still rolling. But the real question for the evening is... When Game will Kevin finish the Sazerac ride? Or, or Sporting KC versus Atlanta United. Which you're going to watch. Oh, I've already asked that. I haven't listened. Peace. Yep. I thought it was when are you going to finish that Sazerac. <laughs> uh... Oh uh, yeah! Imagine dragons, Dan. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying welcome. anything Thank in you. respect to Yes. Thank you. Uh, Grego's asking, "Yo, guys, that FTC X HB4D name set? It's the the um the bootleg name set for the back oh, of the oh yeah yeah, kit. yeah yeah I still yeah. gotta get my bootleg kit. That's the only oh, thing. Yeah yeah up. yeah. Still gonna happen. Yes, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I we saw we saw, we saw on Saturday. You you were pressing. Uh, a lot of jerseys out there. He got that I fucking. Lots. I saw a lot of people uh, posting them between. Uh, I think yeah. I saw Domer on there. Uh, like four or five other. You got those little dot stories during the game. You guys have way more stuff to post during the games than we do. Yeah, no. You post it up. It's just like little tiny dots on the story on Instagram. What are you doing now? Um. All right, what else? What else? What, what else? Is that what all else? the voicemails? I'm like a stand-up comedian that's like uh, trying else? out new material. What else? what else? What else? What else? What else? We already run through all the voicemails? We did. We ran through them. Dan. Dan, rest of the fam. What We've been doing this offside trap thing. It's been pretty awesome. Hope you guys have been enjoying it. Tonight, we're doing it for the I SKC have. match. What, uh, what questions would you guys have us ask some of these other podcast creators or other fan bases it doesn't have to necessarily be specific to this week but in general is there anything we're not hitting how, how did you feel in 2017 when jacob peterson scored the equalizer Ooh. but how do you feel about where were, where were you when jacob Ooh. okay oh, we wait, gotta go no, jordan peterson <laughs> jordan, <laughs> jordan peterson <laughs> i gotta go Ask how old Ike Opara is. I, show, show me your birth certificate. <laughs> no, he's American. He's not. He's not like the the Dominican guys or the Cuban guys in uh, in the in baseball when they're like four years older than they say they're supposed to be. Oh. Or who was the other? Uh, there are so many. Danny Almonte. Um. Yeah, where were you when Jacob Peterson scored that goal? I can tell you where I was. Cheers down at Sydney, Australia. With Nick Puniel of Sydney 17s. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's been a minute. Wait, I think that's where I was. I'll that's tell you where I was. Where were you? I was at Kevin's house. And it got, got a little heated. Wait, what? Yeah, don't you remember? <laughs> no. Oh, I man, I you told me so many things last night, Kevin. I th- that night, I thought we really connected. I don't remember half of these episodes after they <laughs> Now We I were watching really Game of Thrones. Letting you drive I'm just, home. I'm just joking. Danny, Danny Burns. You're talking about the episodes where we recorded at my house and I didn't have to drive home. Oh, yeah. Right. I just had to stumble to my bed after you guys left. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we watched the SKC game and we took our shirts off and that was it. Okay. Yeah, it's starting to come back to me now. Okay. 
<laughs> I did wash that shirt for you, by the way. I've got it. I got to get it back to you. <laughs> I, I thought it was so ruined after that. Night. I never thought. Hashtag brown liquor cannon. It still crunches. Yeah. I mean, it's just never going to really get that softness back into it. <laughs> <laughs> like an old Krispy Kreme donut just shatters. <laughs> it's like he left the honey bun out on the counter. <laughs> left a honey bun out on the counter. After dark. Oh, it is past nine o'clock, God. so all things go, including <laughs> us. We do have the offside trap. We're going we're to be broadcasting live here in 20 minutes yeah Something yeah like so if you're subscribed to the bell icon it'll pop up and then if you've got any questions as we're talking to them just uh let us know what's kevin gorham say ask them if they could trade for one part of atlanta united Ooh, team front office culture what would they want what could we get in return from skc i like that like if we're gonna do, do a team a, trade like yeah. a team trade it's a what would you guys call it whenever you would do it for when, did you guys ever do that at redboat alley whenever you worked there Food swap. Like food it, sw- if we're going to do a food swap with them. Do you remember la- Lady and the Tramp? No. In the Tramp? You never did that? You talking about baby birding? No. <laughs> talking about like whatever you talking about when I eat a little bit of it and I chew it up <laughs> and I do a food swap with you. Because... <laughs> uh, I'm talking about whenever you would like swap food with another restaurant in the area, Tim. Good God. It's a swap meet. <laughs> it's a swap meet. Uh, this is the part of the show where Dan gets less and less interested as I get more and more interested. It's really great. Are you guys still it. talking? Uh, <laughs> I would take Sinovic. He's the left back. <laughs> <Good> food <laughs> dust. <laughs> ah! Uh, All right, silly show's over. Um, <laughs> Michelle, yep, about that time. <laughs> Something about your two's British sensibilities that does not enjoy Kevin and my humor towards the end of this show. So we're going to wrap it up. Oh, my eyes are watering. Yeah. Oh, God. Shout out to Michelle Norris in the Premier League. <laughs> All right, so votes and reviews on iTunes to hear it read aloud on the show. We've had none, and we haven't begged for them. We've given you time. I mean, the past five minutes, I mean, are you surprised? <laughs> That's a good point. They probably already <laughs> tuned out at this point, and so they don't even get us asking for it at the end. Are so you not entertained, Dan? Votes, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Number one in iTunes, but no one's entertained still. <laughs> votes and reviews on iTunes to hear it read aloud on the show. Um, if you did subscribe on YouTube and you enjoyed the show and you want to see when we go live next time, hit that little bell icon to get a notification whenever we go live. And then you can come and hang out with all the homies in the trap. We've named it Bell Holcomb. Bell Holcomb? What? You got to hit the Bell Holcomb. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Uh, swap meet and greet. I like that one. <laughs> it's M E A T, though. You got to swap meet and greet. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, so I'm meeting Greek in the AT still. Um all right, so uh what are you talking about? 
offside trap. Uh, we got offside trap coming up in about 20 minutes. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. Be sure to show some love and support to all the other content providers. For the, the culture, league. go check those boys out. We have to do a cross mashup episode one of these days. You know, we keep trying to. Greg we- was just too cool for us. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely our fault. <laughs> we get nobody to blame but ourselves. Yeah, at this point. Uh, but yeah. Shout out to Michelle in the trap. She's awesome. Got outside trap with no other pod. Coming up tonight, which will be a lot of fun. And go check out Five Stripe Final um, for the culture. Um, unrelegated. Mouths of the South. Soccer down here. Uh, who are we missing? Uh, Siempre United. There's so many. Yeah, Siempre United. Uh, isn't there like another one? ATLians? We don't know those dudes. But no, we know those I know dudes. they're out there. Yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, who else is there? There's a lot. There's a lot. Queens of the South, offshoot of Unrelegated. Super tight. All right. Don't want it to end, but we got to. It's closing time. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week or next episode in 20 minutes if you want to hang out. As always, be home before dark. Dan is so, like, he's not even entertained enough to do his end of the show thing. Not even. He's just over it. Apparently, they've got an opioid crisis. Let's hope. Oh, yikes. Hit him where it hurts. We're still broadcasting, Dan. <laughs> Send me a picture. Long seven days we crawl up to the ground Long seven sins we wear just like a crown Angels will cry and angels will moan When will they leave us alone? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.